Hi, everybody. I'm Zess Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Joanne Stutley, founder of Darling Dahl. Jo really believes that food is not only nourishment, it's medicine. So much so that she left behind a career as a nurse to pursue one focusing on Ayurvedic techniques. These studies have come to fruition with her business, Darling Dahl. From her cafe, Jo spruiks the Goodwood word on the healing powers of Dahl. She dropped by today to share with us her journey to entrepreneurship and explains why we all need to think more about the vitality of our gut. Hi, Jo. It's so great to have you here on the show today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, sir. You're most welcome. Now, I'd like to start way back when. Where did your um, journey into Ayurvedic begin? Oh, isn't life so interesting? Ayurveda found me after I'd finished nursing, back when nursing was a trade, and I was in a health food shop, working in a health food shop, and a darn good-looking gentleman walked into the shop, and Dr. Krishna Kumar had just brought Ayurveda to Australia, and he's a doctor here in Adelaide. And so how things passed, as life is really interesting as you get older and the more you know, you don't know, is that Ayurveda crossed my path through Dr. Krishna Kumar, bringing it here to Australia back in my early 20s, through a gentleman that walked into my health food shop and studied with him. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's beautiful because obviously we didn't have social media or anything back then. So he started a course back here in Adelaide with Prof Junius, which was bringing in an Ayurvedic lifestyle consultant, somebody who could assist. So a doctor does six, seven years, and though a consultant will help with the food aspect, help you to understand how you are part of nature and that nature is part of you and that food and the way you live is a very important part of being able to navigate your way through life. Welcome to Ayurveda. Mm. And when did the idea come to you that uh, incorporating uh, Ayurveda into a business would be a great idea? I always thought that Ayurveda was something that was ancient wisdom more so than something that you could make into a business. So the Dal Bar really landed on me. I started a shop called Kitchery Kitchen because of my knowledge of Ayurveda and my interest in sharing it with customers. So there was spice and there were beans and there were dal. And I'd assisted with a market called the Market Shed on Holland, which was organic. And so from there, I moved into a shop called Kitchery Kitchen, yet my dal took off. Everybody loved my dal. So my dal, be it skinless and organic, so no skins on the lentil whatsoever, and I made it thick so that people could really use it as a sauce instead of a, you know, just a soupy dal. And that's where it took off. People wanted more and more of the different dals. So Ayurveda wasn't really the idea of having a business. It was having Kitchery Kitchen and sharing the knowledge of Ayurveda and spice and all the things that been around the food. So out of that came the love of dal. And can you explain a little bit more about Ayurveda for our listeners because they might not be familiar about how different body types should eat different types of food from a, an Ayurvedic perspective rather than a Western perspective where you're going, oh, you shouldn't eat carbs or you shouldn't, <laughs> you should get onto the keto. Like, can you explain a bit more about uh, how Ayurveda um, relates? I think the reason I fell in love with it, Cess, Ayurveda, is that it saw me different, even though we're one. It saw my constitution as different to, let's say, what my father would eat. So 
I know a grain of sand on a beach of Ayurveda and Dr. Robert Shavoda, Dr. Vasant Ladd, David Frawley, they're people I listen to all the time who are Westerners, um, Vasant Ladd's not, in the Masters of Ayurveda, yet Ayurveda is called the science of life. So basically what Ayurveda will do will look at your property of how you were born, the constitution of what you were when you were born and how that throughout your life will change and that's why different foods will be needed. Now, once you understand the rhythm of Ayurveda working through you, be it the doshas, the pitavada kapha, then you make decisions. You become your own doctor. And so as a nurse, I think I fell in love with that whole, I can take control of my own health. You know, the body is mysterious, magical, and most amazing machine that I know on this planet. And to fall in love with the fact that I could co-create, I could have some sort of uh, decision-making in how my health goes. And so learning in nursing that one-third of healing was placebo, that rang with me as well, like, wow, one-third is placebo. One-third is mind. Oof. So Ayurveda incorporates mind and body. And so when did you decide you were going to open the cafe? How did that come about? So the cafe was more a transition from starting a shop in a market called the Market Shell in Holland, an organic market I helped set up here in Adelaide. And then from there, that shop was called the Whole Food in the City, which was only open on the weekend, and it became very, very busy. And I've always wanted to you know, be a full-time shopkeeper of my own shop. So I moved out of that in 2013, I think it was, and started to look for my own shop. <laughs> that's what I wanted, so I wanted to do, play shopkeeper. <laughs> play shopkeeper. I think you've been a bit more successful than just playing at shop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think if you see life more as, as something to dance with, it, it can become not so heavy. Yeah, life's heavy enough as it is. So yes, that's how I became a shopkeeper. And what were the big learnings for you, given that um, your background was in nursing and health and creating these beautiful food? How was how, how the transition to becoming a business owner? Business, as I've said to a lot of customers, has been my greatest teacher at this stage of life. So choosing a business as a single older woman and not really as you know I'm not really that savvy with technology learning it, <laughs> it's been up. <laughs> oh it's it's been it's a great teacher it really is a great teacher and I think life is what you make of it and if you've got a good structure a good foundation I think that's where Ayurveda's always helped me it's given me a core I think no matter what comes your way, if you've got a core and you can swing from that core uh, you won't get bashed around as much so Business is a great, great teacher. Plenty of times I've just gone, oh, my God, you're kidding. What am I doing this? I just want to go back and work with somebody. <laughs> and then I go, no, no, I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, if, if, I, if I had to, though, I would very, very, very much appreciate my next boss if I did. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess um, it's not until you go into business for yourself that you realise all of the challenges that, that come with that. Mm, so many of them. And you don't stop thinking about business. If you're somebody who's aware of your thought, as I am, business becomes all-consuming, mm, all-consuming. And you have to wear so many hats as a small business owner as well. Yeah, and I think that's why I like it. There's an actress in me, and I think you have to these days, if you're not social media savvy, and I'm not someone who wants to go and put my ugly head up there all the time, 
I think you've got to be somebody who engages really well in person. And I think that will be a skill that we lose because I love interacting with people. I love that. And I think COVID's really shown how much we do love that. We do love to be in a space where we feel each other and we feel the vibe of each other, particularly if it's an upbeat vibe. Yeah. And how has the business been going during the pandemic? Has it been uh, any new challenges for you or you've been lucky enough to be fairly business as usual since you're based in Adelaide apart from the most recent lockdown? With you guys coming along um, and that giving me a boost, because it did, because I very much believe in my business and I believe in the nutrition side of it. From that aspect, and it's all vegan, it's all compostable, it's all organic, I've got a lot a lot more people through COVID. A lot of people have sought me out. A lot of people have gone, well, what is it about this food? You know, Why do people like it for? And the only T-shirt I'll get made, because I think there's too much consumerism out there, I don't need any more T-shirts. The world is full of T-shirts, even though I do love T-shirts. <laughs> the only T-shirt I'll get is no intellect needed, the body just knows. So over five years, people come back and say, why do I like this dalgo? Why do I like that? Why, do, why does my body crave this? Well, I just think there's no intellect needed. The body knows. The body knows what's mm. good for it. The body also can be fooled into, you know, loving Coca-Cola. Yet the body knows too when it's eating good food and how you feel after eating good food. That's what's happened with me. People feel comfortable on it, um, as in they feel really nourished by it. They feel like they've got lead in their boots. They're comfortable in. They're more comfortable in their body. It's an amazing food, Dal. Yeah, it truly is. And so, give me a bit more insight into your products because people think Dal. They think of their local Indian diner. They probably just think one sort of texture and flavour because they they haven't had a lot of different types of dal before. How many different types of dal can we get at your store? Five. So when I first started playing with her and I realised that pressure cooking dal made a big difference, most of us know masua and mung dal, which is the orangey pink one and then the yellow one. So the orangey pink one, when she's got a dress on, she's actually called a red lentil. She's a maroon-looking lentil. And then the other one is a mung bean. We all know mung beans. So mine are all skinless. So when I went to India prior to COVID, I hadn't been to India before. I lived in Africa for a long time, but hadn't been to India. When I spoke to chefs over there, I cooked nothing like Indians. And I, I tend to cook more apparently like a Pakistani. So I do love the mixing of dals. I do love the thickness that dal can give and all the different textures. So I use what's a chana, a tua, a masua, a mung, and a urat dal. So I use all of them and in different proportions to get different textures and then different flavours because they're all most amazing nutrition base to them as well. Plus they're, they're a fibre and great for the gut. So they're a prebiotic. So I work with all these skinless ones and, and then I wash them because once the skin's been taken off, it's left on the floor. I mean, people buy masua dal with spice in it. That hasn't even been washed. Like you must always wash your skinless lentils and then I soak them and then I pressure cook them. So I think over and above, Ayurveda is about how we digest life. So when you eat my food, you are actually digesting food that's already digested for you. You're just going, wow, this is beautiful. Wow, this I don't really have to do much, do I? Yeah. So you can you can make it into really, really soupy soups or you can leave, leave it thick like mashed potato, and that's the way I wanted it so that people could do a lot more with it. So it's not just like you plant, you're plain to a dal, watery, you mix it with your rice and you really like it. 
um, I love Dal. Yet I took Dal and and just played with it. And let's talk about the health benefits. Why is Dal so nourishing and great for you? Apart from the minerals and the magnesium as well, it's full of what we turn into folic acid. So it's full of folate. And then all the different dals will give you a different nutritional profile. It's low in fat. It's really interesting for science because science puts it into a carb cum starch. So when we go into the gut health, and I'm certainly not a nutritionist or anything along those lines, I just know how I feel when I eat food. And I'll certainly always encourage people from a nursing perspective to look at their poo to see what their feces looks like and to see what their tongue looks like the next morning too, to see how the body's digested food. So L-tryptophan is something that I think people get a lot from in the dal, and that's an amino acid that is a calming amino acid, so it can help you sleep. And the other aspect to it, I think, is is definitely the fibre and the fibre that, that feeds the, the gut all the goodness that the gut needs. So I decided that most people weren't eating enough gluten. Wheat, rye, barley, oats and lemongrass is in the um, gluten family as well. And so I thought, well, don't we need to broom our bowel? So Dal brooms the bowel. So I started by telling people, just eat this twice a week and come back and tell me how you feel. So as science tells you, there's enough out there now that if you eat from the legume family twice a week, then the body will naturally bring itself to a homeostasis of bringing all the good bacteria back into the bowel. That's if we're dealing with a fairly healthy bowel to begin with. So there's a lot to it, Seth. I think it's an amazing superfood, yet it's been not looked at as a superfood. It's interesting as well when um, you talk about gut health as well. You would never think that, um, you know, 20 years ago that people would be talking about gut health or realising the importance of it actually to your whole system, your immune system particularly. Well, the vagus nerve, exactly. The conversation that the body has, I think that's, again, the only T-shirt I want. No intellect needed, the body just knows. It's an amazing, fascinating. The body is communicating the whole time with itself. So if we give it the, the, the right platform for it to go back to homeostasis constantly, then I think that's why I've always been interested in both allied and allopathic health. I'm grateful that nursing gave me a grounding where I didn't just run off with, oh, allied is so important, you know, that we don't need allopathic. I would love to see the two of them together. I would love to see together. I'd love to see us taking more responsibility for our health in understanding that we can do so many things as simple as, as we now know, you know, with breath, yoga. Yoga is the sister science to Ayurveda. So we we know that as a science, if you do yoga a particular way, it works. The same as if you turn the computer on. Ayurveda is the same. It's a science. So would you recommend that people put dal into, dal into their diet every um, week if possible? Oh. I, I say that to a lot of mums, a lot of young mums. Learn to cook it. It's really easy. And then freeze it. Now cook up a good lot of it, your favourite, and then just freeze it and bring it out when you're, you know, thinking I'm not going to cook tonight. Defrost it and, and use it. Yeah, absolutely. It is the most amazing superfood to add to, to the family diet, without a doubt. And what's your tip for cooking the perfect dal? Perfect dal. Every, every Indian will tell you my mother cooks the perfect dal. Um, yeah, find find the nearest um, friend, Indian friend, and ask their mum. I would say for me, for me, absolutely is washing and pressure cooking. 
washing and pressure cooking, soaking if if you don't have mungu masua, if you're doing a chana, if you add a tua, like the heavier, the heavier ones. Because I really think that washing it, putting your love into it, it gets full of fibre. So if if your heart and love is making the dal, that's certainly going to be served up to your family as well. Yeah, you should always put love into love your into food your when you're making it. Always, Seth, <laughs> always, yeah. And it's very simple. There's thousands upon thousands and thousands of recipes for dal. Yeah, I truly believe it's the love you put into it. It's organic. I, I love organic. I do love organic. It's traceable. It's not perfect, yet it's traceable. Yeah, find your favourite spices. <laughs> and for you, um, going back to your business journey, obviously um, you've talked about you everything you use is organic. How have you gone about sourcing your products? I'm really lucky that I was, I came back from living in Africa and then I went to, I started working in a store that was selling organics way back then, 2000. And in Adelaide, we had one of the first, was it called BFA back then, Biological Farmers Association or Australian Certified Organics. So I got involved with the farmers way back and started to see, sure, how there's no systems that, that can't be flawed. There's always flaws and systems. So my father comes from a farming background, but not organic. So it just it felt right. It just felt right to be using plants that had minimal sprays or absolutely no sprays. And then I fell in love with biodynamic as well, uh, with nourishing the soil. So everything just felt right with me. You know, not to be using pesticides. The, the information's coming out now. Yet I found the taste was different. I found the look of the plant different, cooking the plant different. Everything about it just seemed different. So sourcing was really going to, to the farm to begin with. And then from there, obviously, you've got wholesalers, you know, from that stem out from there. But I, I certainly like to know from the, the worm up, yeah, where it's coming from. It's so much easier these days too, isn't it, than it, it would have been oh, 20 years oh ago. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of my roles in Adelaide was to put organics into the Chapleys, the CRG group here. We've got great supermarkets that are family-owned, not yeah, Coles and Woolworths. And the CRG group, the Chapleys group, decided to do loose organics here. And that opened it right up to Adelaide. Thank you so much, Joanne. It's been really lovely chatting with you today and learning all about the journey of, of your store and um, how you came to find the great goodness of Dar. Thank you for recognising it. Thank you, Seth. Oh, yeah. you're most welcome. Yeah. And I wish you all the best of luck with it in the future. It's, it's incredible store and a awesome journey that you've been on for so many years to bring this fabulous product to local Aussies. Thank you for joining me. I hope you make a really yummy dal for yourself tonight, Seth. Thank you for having me. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Stay warm. Thank you. Thanks, Seth.